0: This is the Everyday Dietitian's Podcast. I'm Hope Brandt. And I'm April Roby. We're two RDs here to offer down earth advice to help you develop sustainable habits, decipher wellness trends, and design an aligned life. Welcome to the show. Hi, y'all. Welcome to the show. <laughs> We're here. This podcast has been kind of a brainchild of ours for quite a while now yes april and i would find ourselves at the gym at the coffee shop you know wherever else and now we're in the closet
1: (laughs) (laughs) recording this podcast because our podcast editor said our audio in the kitchen was trash so here we are (laughs) (laughs) so here we are take
0: two (laughs) in the closet but anyway we would find ourselves conversing and think man i really think that Other people could benefit from hearing this conversation. Not to say that we think we know it all, because we definitely do not. Mm -mm. (laughs) But you might know one or two things that can help people with their everyday nutrition (laughs) habits. Exactly. So that's what we're going for here. We really want to try to combat the kind of wellness, influencer-y nutrition advice and like wellness advice that just seems out of reach for the everyday person. But is very seductive to the everyday person, mm-hmm. like
1: detoxes, losing 30 pounds in 30 days, extreme keto, things like that, mm-hmm. that grasp everyone's attention, but simply are just not realistic for their everyday
0: habits. Exactly. Or things like saying that you need all of this fancy supplementation or super like high-quality, rare ingredients that is just are completely unnecessary for everyday life
1: reality there's not one ingredient that's going to make you healthy there's not a supplement that you can take that outdoes your fast food habits (laughs) (laughs) as much as you want that herb tea in the morning to kick off the rest of your day it's just not going to work not attacking that it's fine but there's just more other things to focus on that's going to help you more than the supplement like what are you doing
0: most of the time Exactly. So once we get into the podcast a little more, we're going to talk about some red flags, things to look for as far as identifying product pushing and emotional marketing. But we really just kind of wanted to kick off by describing the why behind this podcast. So we hope to bring you some realistic information to really help you, like we said in the intro, develop sustainable habits and improve your everyday life because nutrition should make your life better it shouldn't be this source of stress or anxiety Mm -hmm. so we want to bring you tips to help it be just that so we're going to kind of kick off every episode with just a fun little icebreaker question for both of us so I will start by asking April what is the best thing that you have eaten recently (laughs) I'm going to have to go
1: with this one because it's been my OG from day one. (laughs) Just
0: had it two days ago. The Chili's cookie skillet. (laughs) I mean, that's about as unpretentious as you can get, honestly. It's the hands down best (laughs) dessert you could ever get in this entire world.
1: Like anyone else, they have a different favorite dessert. It's trash because (laughs) the cookie is warm and gooey. And then you got the ice cream and yeah it doesn't get better varying
0: than that. like temperatures textures yes. yeah I'm a big fan of cookie skillet and honestly Chili's is like kind of underrated in my humble opinion and it could be because it's one of the only restaurants in Tahlequah but
1: yes <laughs> the only place we can go like any date night it's Chili's
0: <laughs> we go Chili's <laughs> okay, what about you um all right so this is going to be kind of a big departure from a chili's cookie skillet but the best thing that i have eaten recently is sushi and a specific type of sushi so my husband and i recently took a trip to los angeles we went to see the lsu season opener rip our season <laughs> <laughs> um, but not really always a tiger fan go tigers while we were there we had sushi at a restaurant that really put the focus on the quality of the ingredients. So it didn't offer any type of like fried Americanized sushi. It was all about the fish and the rice. And that's my kind of sushi anyway. I am into the raw fish. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> Don't yuck my yum, Ooh, April. Uh, I can't <laughs> do it. <laughs> um, but the way the restaurant was set up, it didn't give you menu options, really. It just gave you like taster menu options and they were called trust me. So basically you just had to trust what the sushi chefs sent out to you, but it was a really awesome experience and literally the best sushi that I've ever had in my entire life. I consider myself to be a sushi connoisseur. So in my opinion, that's saying something. Uh, So yeah, that was the best thing that I have eaten recently. About as crazy as I get with yeah. that is <laughs> the fried shrimp tempera roll <laughs> with some spicy sauce. But oh my god! Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So time for a topic change. Let's talk about how we got into nutrition and our stories are pretty different, honestly. So April, what piqued your interest in nutrition? What made you want to be a dietitian? So. I
1: didn't know I was going down the dietitian route when I first decided I wanted to learn more about nutrition. I actually walked on a college track team and I'm a the type of person, if someone tells me something, I'm going to know the, want to know the why I ask questions. I guess that's the true scientist in me because <laughs> <laughs> my college track coach, I would like me and the girls like go get like milkshakes and stuff. And then he would always tell us like, probably should cut down on those. You probably should choose something like not fried, probably not the best choice, like if we're about to go to practice. And I was like, okay,
0: well, why? And so I used to go get a, um, cheesy gordita crunch at Taco Bell before my basketball games. Oh no. (laughs) So yeah. Had I known then, yeah, maybe I would have had, I don't know, some. Just some not a clogged. Results? Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> just not being
1: clogged down in general and having some energy. Yes, but totally relate. Okay. Continue. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so I went to my advisor like shortly after that. because I was an HHP major health, human performance. And I was like, what can I do to switch to nutrition? I just want to know all, all I can. And she regretted telling me that this college didn't have a nutrition program. So honestly, the private school was super expensive. So I knew of a cheap school I could go to that had a nutrition program that was actually relatively new. So I transferred to Tahlequah and but you know, like I had no idea what a dietitian was. I was just wanting to learn <laughs> more about nutrition. And when I transferred, there was no longer a track team. So I dabbled in CrossFit for a couple months and
0: then... Which Um, is really funny because when I moved to Tahlequah, I was doing CrossFit as well, and so it's shocking to me that we did not cross paths there before we were in school together.
1: I know it's because I literally only did it for a short few months. Words are hard, (laughs) and I think you started coming like after I left, so which is insane. But I remember like looking on my phone and seeing a picture of Miss Bikini Olympia, and was like, I want to look like her, and so I literally went. Hometown gym was working out, saw pictures of her competing. And I just asked her, like, what do I do to be like that? Like, how do I compete? Hooked me up with my coach, started competing seven weeks later and uh, started bodybuilding. And that's where my very bro science approach came from. (laughs) I mean, the first couple of years, I'm doing my basics. So I'm not getting any nutrition education when I'm diving into this bodybuilding. So whatever my nutrition coach was telling me at the time, I was full head trusting it. Yeah, full-fledged. So just competing, very bro science. The first two shows, I did meal plans, so very bland tilapia, asparagus. Mind you, I was a freshman in college
0: trying to cook tilapia and asparagus. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like tilapia is like the freshman in college meal. I remember my best friend cooking us tilapia when we were freshmen at LSU. I don't know (laughs) why, but I felt so bad. I guess it's I mean cheap. You could buy it in large quantities. I mean, there's no problem with tilapia. I have problems with tilapia now. You just have PTSD (laughs) from eating too much tilapia. And not knowing how to (laughs) cook.
1: So I didn't know like coconut oil had (laughs) calories in it. So even though my coach like had my meal plan, I was cooking absolutely
0: everything in coconut oil because (laughs) I thought it was like this health thing and coconut oil did have like a very extended moment in the sun yes and so I was
1: cooking my tilapia in the coconut oil my chicken in the coconut oil and now that I know this like I don't know how I lost any weight at all because I was eating thousands of
0: calories of coconut oil but did you ever put it in your coffee no oh I'm so happy for you you know what you get points thank you yeah (laughs) so anyways I did. FYI. So
1: (laughs) (laughs) back to that. (laughs) At least I didn't drink slimy coffee. Um, The next prep, I... Just slimy tilapia.
0: Just slimy tilapia. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. So I did finally got a hold of another coach and he did flexible dieting. And at this time I was in my nutrition courses, learning more and more. And I realized like, when I was on prep, I was pumped up. Like I got to eat Pop-Tarts, Halo Top ice cream, rice cakes with PB2 and syrup. Like Ooh, I'm ayo. sure it sounds so <laughs> delicious. Sugar-free syrup, might I add. And protein pancakes with just protein powdered eggs and more sugar-free syrup. I was like, man, this is the life. Like I can eat whatever and I'm shedding the fat. This is amazing. So, of course, I'm on Instagram preaching about – you don't have to care what you eat. It's how much you eat. And anyone
0: telling you you can't eat pop tarts for breakfast is a liar. I vividly remember these posts. This is, this is the point where April and I are about to meet for the first time. Um, but again, like I was saying, I'm coming from the literal opposite point of view, still very dogmatic in my approach. Not she definitely hates me at all developed in my current nutrition knowledge or approach, but yeah, it's just, it's very comical to us to look back on the absolute I cringe places that we came from. I cringe <laughs> from where I came from. I read these posts well, and I so sometimes I. delete them and I'm like, not for you, but about myself yeah. also. Yeah. No, you, you can cringe at me yeah. too. I
1: was just like, bro, like this is so bad. So, so bad. And it's like, I'm trying to combat that same thing now with these bonus influencers Mm-hmm. now that are like preaching that and it's like no I've been there but it's fine yes. it's a learning
0: curve well it is a learning curve and like you have to everybody starts somewhere you yeah. don't start from a place it of came like from a good heart. heart like so. I was
1: like well if this works for me if this works for me it works for everyone that's all you have to care about is macro tracking which fast forward to that just going to go ahead. And it's like, my view started changing. The more you learn, the more you're like, Oh, like, why am I doing this? Like you keep asking questions and like, you're Mm -hmm. consistently changing and you're consistently looking back and cringing at your post. But (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. So after that, I finally graduated from NSU and I'm going to wait until we do first impressions. But I remember hoping at the end of (laughs) my classes, just, we had a class together We ended up graduating and sitting right next to each other. Still barely knew each other. (laughs) Attempted to work at the hospital for three weeks as well. (laughs) Oh. Because I thought you had to, to get into an internship, you had to have that experience. And Hope was actually one that trained me. And I was honestly terrified because I had no idea she worked there, FYI. And I applied for this job, (laughs) talked to the manager. And she's like, Hope is going to train you. Still not correlating that it was going to be Hope, Hope. And then I was honestly kind of excited, but also intimidated because she scared me. And I know we came from different ends of the spectrum when it comes to it. And I was like, man, she's going to hate me. But oh my surprisingly, we hit it off instantly. And um, mm-hmm. I worked there for three weeks, ended up not talking after that. She ended up getting into OU before me. I ended up getting in second round match.
0: kind of want to talk about that a little bit. I know. Okay, wait. Yeah. So let's take a pause and then I'll kind of catch all up on my nutrition history and then bring us up to where we're okay. both uh, going through our internships. Yeah. Together. So Hope, tell us. Um, so being a dietitian is actually my second career. I had no idea really that my life was going to lead me to this point, but could not be happier to be at this point. Um, so what got me into nutrition really was I was just at a very kind of unfulfilled place in my life. My husband, David, and I had just moved to Tahlequah, Oklahoma, which was hours away from any of our friends and family. We knew one person, one sole person here, um, and it was one of David's friends. So David kind of had at least a little bit of that support system, and I had nothing when I got here. So it was just, it kind of threw us into like a forced self discovery period. So in this period of time, I kind of started looking at things that I could do that I actually enjoyed that made my life better. And like I said, I kind of got into being interested in nutrition via like the paleolithic diet. So if you haven't heard of this, um, it's a pretty like popular diet and it's really based on how people ate before a lot of like infrastructure was created in our food environment. So it's very focused on food quality, eating lots of fruits, vegetables, lean meats, some nuts and seeds, and you know, some eggs. Even like I think they quote unquote allow like dairy at this point. So like it is shifting a little bit, but very like no grains. No processed foods, no sweets, no sugar, blah, 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 all these things. So it's it's very rules-based, like this food is allowed, this food is not allowed. So that's where I was coming from, and it was very much focused on the ingredients in the food that I was eating, the quality that I was eating. So just a tidbit. Yeah.
1: Imagine (laughs) her thinking that way, then seeing my post (laughs) about, you can eat whatever you want, who cares about? Oh, no, that's why
0: it literally still sticks in my brain. I literally can envision the pop tart post that you're talking about, <laughs> and I remember being livid.
1: Which we didn't hate each yes. other; we were just on the opposite yes. end of the spectrum. But continue. Well, I'm so sorry.
0: And when you think about it, like if you are so set in your ways that hearing a different opinion can make you livid, then that's probably a red flag. Something you should that, check that your on. approach is a little bit dogmatic because something that you're saying that like helped shape your nutrition views is just continuing to ask questions and be open to new information. And that's absolutely essential in being able to formulate a healthful and <laughs> accurate nutrition worldview almost, you Sorry, know? I'm <laughs> just thinking about a post I remembered from you that made me <laughs> livid. <laughs> oh go
1: ahead share (laughs) I believe what started out is I could give a flying flip yeah (laughs) about counting macros yeah it's like
0: at me though don't give a duck about count how many calories are in my food and it's like okay okay well like that's not the full picture either (laughs) like it's not you're literally like ripping it in half can you see why I was scared to meet her? It's like, she already like
1: <laughs> despises me,
0: but it wasn't like that at all. Um, but back to your approach to nutrition, we can yeah. go back to this after we meet each other. <laughs> so in granted, I was seeing huge changes in the way that my body looked, the way that I felt on a daily basis. It worked for you. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm still a huge proponent of diet quality. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, very, very important for general health. And then also being able to facilitate changing your body composition in a more healthful way, but it's not the end all be all. And it definitely doesn't require those elitist type of nutrition views where it's only eating organic, only eating almond flour cookies instead of like regular Oreos, like Give me a break. Give me a break. I just I want to like punch myself in the face mm-hmm. when I go back and like literally think about the like conflicting views that I held and didn't even notice that they were contradictory. You don't notice. You know? Yeah. But anyway, so once I I realized the physical and like mental changes that I was seeing in myself based on just changing the way that I ate, I was hooked at that point. It's like, okay, this makes a difference in my life. I think that I can teach people how to do this for their own lives. I had the same thoughts of counting macros. Like, yeah, we both had the same deal. <laughs> like
1: it worked for me. I feel different. I like granted, exactly.
0: Like this is the like. Why isn't everyone doing this? I it works for me. It yes. will work for you.
1: <laughs> granted, I was starving twenty four seven because I was not eating anything worth of any kind of substance. <laughs> granted,
0: I was. Terrified of carbohydrates and ate, you know, like copious amounts of fibrous vegetables. That's like <laughs> what I lived on. My digestion is much happier now. So, <laughs> TMI, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, this leads me all the way up to choosing to go back to school at NSU. So, April and I ended up being at the point where we graduated together because I was able to take some of my like gen ed prereq requirements from my previous degree at LSU and use those to where I was basically entering as like a mid-year sophomore or a junior at that point. So basically all I had to do was go back and take every nutrition class ever. So yeah, and during that time, as April referenced, I was working as a food service worker at our local hospital. Glorious time of your life. (laughs) David and I will both look back on those times as probably the literal worst years of, (laughs) I don't know if it's the worst years of my life, because at least I felt like I had a purpose at that time, but yeah, it was rough. It was rough, but I was under the mentality of like, I'm making every single sacrifice necessary to make sure that I get a dietetic internship because that's like the first thing that we saw when we were researching going back to school. It was get like a clinical experience, volunteer, mm-hmm. hold student talking about how hard it was yes. to get dietetic internships, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I'm not going through all this school again to then not get a dietetic internship. So, which it is difficult,
1: but also 50-
0: blown out of proportion. Yes. It's like if you're, there is a program for everybody out mm-hmm. there, but anyway, okay. So let's go back and let's do first impression thoughts. <laughs> The first time I actually remember meeting you, I think, was when we were in microbiology together, right? Yes, same for me. Okay, so you go first. Say your initial impression in, like, a word or phrase. Okay, so. (laughs) I mean, I have several words that come to mind, like,
1: thinking of you. (laughs) Like, it's definitely, like, intelligent. Like, she seems very intelligent. She seems very confident. Like, sure of herself. Like, you just know. Yeah. (laughs) And I was honestly, like, kind of intimidated. Like, I would, I remember her being in micro and thinking, like, like, this professor <laughs> was something else. <laughs> okay, we honestly lucked out on that professor. <laughs> in micro and I was like, she's probably, like, I legit was thinking like, she's probably so upset that this guy's taking away from the education because he was not helpful. And like, that was my initial (laughs) thought process. I'm like, she seems so smart. I think she would be mad that this is what's happening. And I just remember like looking back at her and her other friend that was like CrossFitters and just thinking like, they probably don't like me. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't like, I didn't like you. It was like, I was like, she probably does not like me. Cause like at that time we were seeing each other's posts. Cause I've right. seen it and I was like, no, we just, we come from two opposite ends of spectrum." But every time we talked to each other, like you, like we made each other laugh. Like we were never like, yeah. the tension wasn't ever there. We just had <laughs> different views in my opinion, but
0: you go. Well, no, what's so funny is like, it was, it's probably the same only like in reverse. You also, which you seemed very serious. You always had like a neutral expression on your face didn't see you like break a smile very often. And I was like, man, like she probably thinks she's better than everyone <laughs> because like, she's a bodybuilder. She has like Instagram followers, you know, she can't be bothered to say hi to me. So With in reality, I was just yeah. nervous.
1: And when I'm nervous, I'm really quiet. And I like
0: Don't smile. Like, I'm just like, don't look at me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So yeah, both things, I mean, not true. And like, actually more of a reflection of like our own selves and like our own issues than like an actual reflection of the other person. I don't think we've ever said this out loud. It's kind of funny. (laughs) I've never, I don't think I ever asked you your initial impression of me because I did not want to. I know. Also, And that. The next impression was, like, we were doing
1: presentations, and you come in, like, all stylish and stuff. Like, I remember, like, you were in a button-up oh, and yes. stuff. And I was like, who does she think she is coming in here? Classic,
0: like, older student try-hard. Yes. And I was
1: like, who does she think she I'm, like, literally, I think, wearing leggings that day. And I was like, okay, she's so put together. She thinks she's so cool. But I think one moment when we really connected was when – uh, they were doing presentations and I got triggered by someone's presentation and hope was agreeing with me. And we were just kind of looking at each other, smiling, like <laughs> nodding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that was when we connected.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, once we met and became friends, so we had like a few weeks together when we were both working at the hospital and all I remember is like talking about what we were going to do for our mm-hmm. internship. And like I had no idea where I even wanted to go at that point. I just wanted to get into one. Mm-hmm. Did not care. And April was just all OU, just talking like I'm only applying for OU. Like it's where I've always dreamed of going. Like I know people already in the program. Right. I remember that. And years. I was like, well, <laughs> you know what? Guess I should apply for OU. <laughs> this is end oh, of story. <laughs> so I also applied to OU. That's the only program that I applied for, and this is like one of the most cringeworthy moments of my entire life. I remember we were both on campus, and we had already turned in our diac. We had already applied everything. I already know what you're talking about because <laughs> we never talked about this either. But I remember walking away from that moment. I continue. literally wanted to punch myself in the face. No, so, so we are just passing. On campus, and we We obviously both already applied to OU, and and that's the only schools we applied to. We both knew that, and we both knew that we like we obviously both applied to OU. So we're passing each other, and I was like, and I'd had my entry interview with the head of the you know like dietetic department, and I was like, hey. How did your interview go? And, and I was, I like, was confused. <laughs> she was confused and she said, "You had an interview?" And I was like, "No." And I was like, "Wait, oh, is already reaching
1: out only to find out I didn't get an interview, so he didn't the director was not a fan of my application." And I walked away like not sad, just kind of like, "Oh." Like, it's probably not going to happen. And so I was, I'm the type of person like, okay, it's meant to be. I'm just going to go ahead and apply for another school. And OU's open house. Like, I knew I
0: didn't get in. Like, well, and I love this story. This is like one of my favorite parts of your journey. And this is the moment where I started actually like respecting who you are as a person. Because we didn't like know each other very well, you know? And... This was, like, the point where I was like, you know what? Like, this chick has got gumption. Like, she has some stuff to offer. And, like, this is when we really became friends. So, fast forward. Yeah, we get. Match day. Yeah, match day. I get matched with OU. You know, I'm thrilled, super excited. Except I her. log on. I did not get
1: matched to OU. I was devastated, which also knew it was coming because I didn't get an interview. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, now OU's open house was the next day. The actual the next day. There was like 12 next day.
0: hours between yes. you getting rejection and be having to go to this. Yes. And I
1: was like, you know what? If I didn't get in this time, but
0: I'm going to go to open
1: house and I'm going to expect to get in the next
0: time. Well, and there were also people in our class who had applied, did not get in, and then didn't go. They were just yeah. like, oh, well. Like it, it is what it is. Yeah. I'm glad I took that chance because our
1: director <laughs> was like walking around and like asking your names and where we are from. And I go, my name's April Robine. I'm from Tahlequah. And I just told him like, you just were telling like why you applied to the program. And I was like, he looked at me, he goes, you sound very familiar. I said, yeah, I applied. And he like started smiling because match day was yesterday. And I, he knows I didn't get in. He uh-huh. was like, okay. To my surprise after that, he called me after and was like, I'm not saying you're going to get in, but he like asked me about my application. Like I didn't ever get an interview. Like I felt like that was an interview. He said, don't count it out for second match. Not saying you're going to get in, but after reviewing things, like things look good. And yeah, so I walked away from that second round match, a different internship reached out to me and I was like, yes, going there. Super excited. Only for OU to call a week later and be like, Hey, we have a spot for you down. (laughs) I was like, yes and so I got in to OU on second round match and one other thing that I vividly remember during that he said he he was talking about personal statements and I knew he was talking about hope when he said that he goes someone from Talqual, the only person I know from Talqual that got in got in the program and there was the best personal statement I've ever read I was like (laughs) she's done posted her personal statement online and I'm already (laughs) offended by how good it was and he was like she got in because it was so different. She
0: caught me from that first line where I had to read. And I was like, he's talking about hope. Whatever. <laughs> and so that is one of my like crowning jewels to this day. I'll go back and read it. I'm like, God. <laughs> That's a masterpiece.
1: It was it was really good. Like I couldn't deny that. And I was like, it was really good.
0: So we're gonna have to talk about or do an episode on the Dykus process yeah. and how to have a good application and then like how to handle things mm-hmm. because I mean literally him being able to put your face to that application and like see your character through not giving up like the amount of perseverance you showed in that 24 hours is just absolutely remarkable and admirable and that's-, that's literally like what made me want to be friends with you
1: Aww. Yeah, (laughs) but that's literally all I know. Like every time I've not been good at something, whether I've failed at a show, I'm literally the next day making a plan. Whether I failed my RD exam, the next day I'm signing back up for it. Whether I don't get into something, I show up. Like I've noticed, like success, like isn't just luck. Like showing up, like this is really cheesy, is like a lot of it, and not getting in your head. Like show up and do
0: your best, and the luckier you get like honestly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The harder you work, the luckier you are. The more you show up, the more opportunity that Mm -hmm. you have. I guess let's kind of start shifting into the later little bit of this podcast and kind of talk about, circle back around to unpretentious nutrition and how to develop that perspective for yourself. So we wanted to leave you guys with three tips for everyday sustainable nutrition. So let's just head into the first one. Number one, build a foundation on the basics. So I think the basics can mean slightly different things to different people, but I think there are some foundational basics that would be the same across the board for Mm -hmm. basically all of the general population. So what are some basics that are key to you, April? I would say building balance plates, um, listening to hunger cues, just exercising regularly. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And yeah, those are things that A, are generalized because these are generalizations to fit The general population, Mm -hmm. you know. So it's very hard to get super individualized when you're talking about things to address a group of people. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think we both agree that when we get into personalized nutrition or nutrition for individuals, it should be extremely individualized based on what you need specifically. But it's hard to get that individualized when you're addressing a group. Exactly. Um, But this first point, like this could be a
1: whole podcast in itself, (laughs) but so like building a foundation Mm -hmm. on the basics. But if there was just one thing you could tell everyone that they could walk away with, like what
0: is some basic things they can Mm -hmm. start doing? Well, I literally all of the basics that you addressed, building a balanced plate is a super basic skill. Check her Insta
1: (laughs) for how she builds plates. She has a really good way of
0: teaching people this. And honestly, it's, it's a good one. So I love talking about my PEC plates. That's kind of the framework that I've developed. But it does take a little bit of foundational nutrition knowledge. But I think that that is a really, really good basic place to start. Learning how to build a balanced plate that has all three macronutrients on it protein, carbs, and fats, and then being as inclusive with your diet as possible. There's no reason to be cutting things out um, without a really good reason to do so.
1: And it's honestly stressful like when you're thinking, is this bad to eat? Is this Mm -hmm. okay to eat? When you focus on what to take out, like that's all your thoughts are versus Mm -hmm. like, what can I do? What can I add to my plate? What can I do to make it more balanced? It's a lot better approach versus... I have to cut out all carbs. I have to cut out dairy because you're really left with nothing when you can just start the basic. Am I eating everything I need to do to, for one, just be able to build muscle if that's your goal? Am I just eating enough protein in general just for my basic needs? Am Mm -hmm. I eating enough color on my plate so I'm getting enough vitamins and minerals? And am 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 I eating enough fiber to make sure that I have good digestive health? Just basic stuff like that. And you can build upon that as you go on versus cutting
0: things out, you're more likely going to cut something that you need out. Well, exactly. And that is something that I know you are super big on in your coaching practice as well. I know add is your future initials, but it's also built on the concept <laughs> of like, what can you add exactly. to your plate instead of cutting out? So I love kind of the meaning behind that as well. Okay. So that was number one. Build a foundation on the basics before we start looking into super fancy things or start trying to optimize things. First, be looking at the basics. Okay, let's go into number two. Something
1: that we see everywhere you go because Instagram is (laughs) wonderful. (laughs) Facebook for this.
0: Yes. So be wary of product pushing and emotional marketing.
1: Yeah. Um, Let's be honest. (laughs) How many people bought a product because it promised you something that tugged at your emotions? Like, Mm -hmm. do you want to have energy for
0: this? Or even like, what's another example? When I think of emotional marketing, I think of things really that like prey on insecurity. So using like super flashy, drastic before and after pictures, Using really drastic statements up front that's like, you know, I lost like April's 30 pounds in 30 days, like she was talking about earlier. Things that evoke fear to get you to buy into those products. They'll, a lot of things I see with companies, it'll be like, we
1: don't use this because it causes cancer Mm -hmm. or something like that, when reality, The study was like in rats and they were like overdosed, but it's just they demonize certain ingredients to make their product look better when necessarily it's not better in a way. Mm -hmm. And really that fear around consuming products that you could be eating, like let's just say conventional produce Mm -hmm. versus organic produce, which both use both use pesticides, by the way. Organic is just different pesticides that are allowed from allowed for organic. So they'll say, well, that conventional produce is bad but in reality people would just benefit from eating more produce whether it is conventional or mm-hmm. organic not saying like there isn't some pros to organic but the main thing is people need to be eating fruits and veggies yeah. whether it is organic or yeah
0: well and that even circles back to the first tip which is focus on the basics mm-hmm. not what kind of produce are you eating but are you eating produce regularly exactly that's going to be the most important but thing.
1: if you're too worried if you're going in the grocery store and be like well they only have conventional produce and you leave empty handed, Mm -hmm. you're doing yourself more of a disservice. Yes. So agree
0: 1000%. And then yeah, anything that like singles out any type of specific food group or ingredient and demonizes that one thing, because we know that your diet and its health quality consists of the combination of everything that you're eating. It's not just about one food, one thing.
1: Eating a birthday cake is not going to make you unhealthy. Just like
0: eating a salad
1: for dinner once isn't going to make you healthy. It's exactly. Your overall habits. There's not one food that makes you healthy. There's not
0: one food that doesn't. Mm-hmm. Again, what are you doing most of the time? What are you doing every single day? Exactly. It's the context of that food, the context of that ingredient in your overall so intake. Be-
1: Worried and be critical when you see a page shouting that they have the answer, like, Mm -hmm. do not eat this or eat these fat-burning foods, things like that you want to be very, very critical of.
0: Ooh, yeah, and that sparked a really good thought. So, yeah, anything that uses flashy terms like that, superfood, fat-burning, clean, toxic. Yes. Yes, anything that sounds like It's a flashy marketing term. Anything that sounds too good to be true normally is. Yep. Okay. So let's get into the last tip that we have for today for everyday sustainable nutrition. And that is don't let perfect be the enemy of good. I
1: think I can think of this as like, I'll start my diet tomorrow Mm -hmm. kind of mentality. Like you're thinking it has to be absolutely perfect You'd even be able to start like you did bad that day. Let's start tomorrow. But in reality, you could have ate something healthy for dinner instead of just finished off the night with how you're eating the rest of the day. Like right. you need to not have that perfect mindset. Or even starting this podcast,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Realizing that um, our audio setup isn't the best, but you know we're gonna go for it anyway. Yeah, and this is combating that all or nothing mindset that I feel like a lot of people struggle with because it's really easy to fall into that trap of thinking that, you know, one decision can ruin everything that you've done up till that point. And that's just not the case. Progress is the sum of all of your choices combined. One choice does not have the power to make or break you. So really being able to isolate those choices so that a mistake or a regrettable choice that you made earlier in the day doesn't have to influence all of the future choices that you make is really important in life and, you know, in this small sect of life that we're talking right. about, which is our nutrition. And you don't have to be
1: perfect to be good. Like,
0: again, mm-hmm. look at what you can
1: add, like for breakfast. Are you going through the Starbucks drive through and drinking the really high calorie frat? What you could do, I know they have egg white bites, they have mm-hmm. turkey sandwiches, like find a way to put in protein, make it a habit to at least start with protein in, in the morning for breakfast. You don't have to do a whole diet, like re-haul. overhaul. Like, yeah, exactly. You just have to see what you're not doing and just do one thing at a time until it becomes a habit and then tackle another habit. Now it's like, oh, I'm not eating any vegetables. Let's add one for dinner every mm-hmm. night. And so now you're eating protein for breakfast. That's a an habit. And now you're eating a vegetable for dinner every night.
0: Yeah. And that's huge changes that seem small, but they add up over time. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So I think that that is basically everything we wanted to cover in our first podcast. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for being here. And we really hope that we can just add value to your life. That's exactly. why we're here. So your homework this week is adding
1: vegetable yeah. to your dinner. <laughs> <laughs> no, but hopefully you can take away something from this and just understand like finding something in your routine making a small change and making it something you can do every day
0: yeah so you can find us on Instagram at the everyday dietitians comment let us know if you've listened let us know if you have any topic suggestions tell your
1: friends tell your family yes
0: <laughs> tell your mama <laughs> tell everybody we out here okay thank you <laughs> bye, bye.